It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my webpage at dr-history.com for over 440 true stories of the Old West. Also, now available on Amazon, my first book, a historical fiction based on true events entitled Coal Miner to Cowboy. The story of a young man born in England in 1850. He wants to be a cowboy and makes his way to America, travels from New Orleans to Independence on a steamboat, hires on as a teamster to Santa Fe, then on a cattle drive to Bozeman, Montana. He also rides shotgun on a stagecoach. He travels with a wagon train, and on his two-year journey, he meets some famous people and keeps a journal of his adventures. The book contains a lot of the true stories from my podcast and is now available on Amazon. Visit my webpage for a link to Amazon for the book, Coal Miner to Cowboy. Now, the trumpets blare in the background. You smell that skunk outside, too. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. It's really bad. It, it is. It's coming right through that it, window. Right through my west window. Uh, anyway, here's Dr. History. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, It started about 8 o'clock this morning. Yeah, and it just lingers. And it permeates. Yes, it does. And you can't close the windows. Right. And so I've been cussing that skunk. Uh, If he's not dead, he ought to be. (laughs) Well, I had one underneath my house years ago, and that took a while to get that out of there. Anyway. Good yes, morning. <laughs> good morning. Uh, before we get started, folks, I just got to tell you, my book, Coal, Mine to Ca- Coal Miner to Cowboy, is now available on Amazon as the print, the ebook, and now as an audible. Oh, really? You can now listen to me as I recorded the book. <laughs> Were there any curse words or anything no. you had to omit? <laughs> you know me, Zeb. I know, but I, I also know that I've done the voiceovers for yeah. some of these things, and you get to a point where you do get frustrated. Yeah, well, you know, it took me 23 hours to record that book <sighs> because you go along and you mess up a word. You go along, you mess up. Yeah. You go back, back, yeah. back, you know, and uh, the guy that was helping me, he would say, okay, now do that again, but slow down or emphasize this or so he really helped me. And he really earned his money. He did. Yep. And he turned into an alcoholic after it was over. <laughs> a return to it. Uh, so uh, before we get started, too, I just got to say, I was up to Redfish Lake last week. Yeah. And, folks, if you don't know where that is, if you go to the middle of Idaho, Sun Valley, Ketchum, keep going north, and you'll come to a little town called Stanley. But a few miles before Stanley is Redfish Lake. It's beautiful. And it's beautiful. Just, just a, beautiful. And it's redfish because the salmon are red yeah. up there. Yeah. So, anyway, have you ever, beautiful. Have you ever been on a sailboat on a... A redfish lake. I have. I've been on boats. Uh, how about a sailboat? No. Oh, 
That's heaven. Well, and the water is so clear. You can see to the That's bottom. That's heaven, and it's cold. Oh, it is cold, yes. yes. I water skied on it once. Yeah. One, one time. <laughs> it was cold. <laughs> and then they had to chip the ice off. Oh, yeah. well, yeah, but beautiful, beautiful oh, country yeah. anyway. So today we're going to talk about a steamboat, okay? And this there was a company called the Oregon Steam Navigation Company, and if they could have seen, foreseen what was going to happen with their steamboat, they probably would have never done what they did. So, in 1862, gold was discovered in the Boise River Basin of Idaho, and within two years, about 16,000 people were just flocking into the area. So, Captain John C. Ainsworth and the other men of the Oregon Steam Navigation Company decided that they were going to build a boat uh, and the steamboat, they had a good steamboat line anyway, okay? But here they decided that they could carry goods and men to the gold fields up in the Boise area. Really? Yeah, or the other way around from mm-hmm. there down to Lewiston. Okay. So, so the men of the company thought they had a good chance to make a killing by transporting supplies and men to the Boise Basin. The decision was made to put a steamer on the upper snake, but the only way to get a steamer that far up the snake was to build it there, and construction began in the winter of 1865 near Old Fort Boise. So they're starting upstream. Whereabouts was Old Fort Boise? I'm not exactly sure. I've heard so many people say that it's kind of a misnomer to say Boise when that's not the original site. Yeah, I, there's. Is it? I, I, you know, I don't know. I just know I've talked about Old Fort Boise, yeah. and I really do not know exactly where it's at. We need to find that. I, out. I'd like to find okay. that out. So, so here we have a steamboat being built right up there by what we would call Boise now, right? To go a downstream towards Lewiston. All right. Not upstream. Oh. Going to go downstream and okay. haul goods, okay. hopefully back and forth. This is what their plan is. Well, one would think that would be upstream. I know, because it's going north. Yeah. That always seems weird to me that the yeah. river goes north. You go whichever way you want to go. <laughs> Clear up to Lewiston. Okay. So, anyway, they, they got timber for the planking uh, from uh, the Owyhee Mountains. They got fittings and hardware from uh, freighted over from Umatilla, Oregon, on the Columbia. And uh, they had mechanics come from Oregon. And, uh, you know, this part of the uh, Snake River is kind of an out-of-the-way place. But by the middle of May 1866, the boat, they called it the Shoshone or Shoshone. So I'm going to call it Shoshone because that's the town, you know, here in Idaho. We call it Shoshone, even though the Shoshone Indians were, that's how we say it. And I've got a question there for you. You know, there's been a lot of people that have said uh, Shoshone and uh, Shoshone. Right. Okay. And people from out of the area. Right. And I have said, and tell me if I'm wrong, that the Shoshone Indian tribe, I believe the spelling ended with the I. I think I believe and, you're right. And I've always equated that Shoshone is pronounced that way because of the E at the, the end. end of the sentence. Now, right. if I'm wrong, correct me. That, that sounds right. But I'm for the sake of understanding, I'm going to call this both the Shoshone. Okay. So, but, uh, you know, just imagine here's this steamboat that's being built, a full-blown steamer paddle steamer being built right there on the Snake River by, by Old Fort Boise. Really? So right from the very beginning, the Shoshone was up against bad luck. 
The snake proved to be navigable for a distance of only 200 miles or so from uh, the Olds Ferry to the mouth of the Bruno River, where it entered the snake. The barren country along the banks didn't produce enough timber for firewood, and a steamer can't run on sagebrush. you got to have wood. Worst of all, the gold rush was starting to slack off, kind of coming to an end, and the population boom was about over. So the men of this that built this found to their dismay that they had very little need, uh, after all, for the steamer this far up the Snake River. So all that work was for nothing? Well, pretty much. So the problem was how to get the boat down to the Columbia, because they figured they could use the boat on the Columbia River. Why didn't they build it near the water? Well, they did on the Snake, oh. you know, So, but they had to get it now uh, uh, down the Snake River to Lewiston area to the, to the Columbia. I see. So they could use it uh, for their business. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. So that's where the boat could be of use. So between the Shoshone and Lewiston lay, of course, the treacherous Hell's Canyon. Oh, boy. Here, In fact, I'm going to show you this picture, Zeb. Oh, you, no. You've seen no. pictures of yeah. Hell's Canyon. Have you ever been there? I have never been actually I on the river. I have not either. It's on my bucket list. We need I, to have I, a uh, Dr. History uh, guided tour. Uh, it's on my bucket list. Good. I'm going to do it one of these days. So, you know, at Hell's Canyon, the deepest and the roughest river gorge on the North American continent, wow. it was considered to be unnavigable. Mm-hmm. So the first attempt to get the Shoshone down to the Columbia failed when the captain stopped short of a place called Copper Legs Falls, saying, hey, I can't run this. It's a falls. Even going down, I, I can't do it. So the owners of the Shoshone hired a couple of men as guards, and they tied her up and a short distance above the falls while they were trying to decide what to do about getting her down to, to Lewiston. Well, uh, Captain Ainsworth found a guy named Captain Miller and an engineer named Buchanan, and he hired them to bring her out, or as he told them, either to bring her out or wreck. Trying. What year was this? This was 1866. The communications of finding these people, how did they yeah. do that? Yeah. Oh, actually, this was 1870, I'm saying. Okay. So, anyway, Captain Miller was a good choice uh, for the job at hand. He was already a noted riverman and had been pilot on a steamboat called the Elk in 1857 when her boiler blew up. The explosion scattered the stack, the cabin, and a good-sized hunk of the deck all over the Columbia. Captain Miller was blown clear off the boat and landed up on the bank. 
He was a little dazed and skinned up, but all in one piece. A little? <laughs> uh, after that, the prospects of a ride through the canyon, no matter how rugged, probably didn't even worry this guy. Really? I mean, he'd been blown to heck, so to speak. <laughs> Ooh, that was close. That was close. So, anyway, they uh, made the trip, which was actually rough, just getting from uh, over on the Columbia, just getting to the to the boat. They finally got there. Well, the Shoshone was not in very good condition. Uh, it had been sitting there for four years. Oh, So my. it was not in good shape. A bucket of rust. Yeah. So she was badly weathered. Uh, the seams had sprung open, and her machinery needed to be overhauled. So Miller signed on the two guards that were there and another man as crew, and they got to work fixing up this boat. Really? They managed to get the engines in running order, which that, to me, is amazing right oh there. Oh, my, yeah. Um, Anyway, but they didn't have any caulking for the seams that were gaping open. So Buchanan solved this problem by rigging up hoses and pumping water over the planks until they swelled shut. That's pretty smart. That is. So the Shoshone wasn't in the best of condition, but at least her engines were running and now she was floating. Maybe we could do that with some politicians. Just pour water over them until they swell up and they can't talk anymore. Well, there, you know, there's ways to do things. Okay. By now, the river was high. Okay, it's spring, so there's a lot of water going down. Oh, yeah. High water. Yeah. And it looked like it was a good time, uh, as any, to start downstream. So, April 20th, it's still, you know, kind of a cold oh, yeah. time. So Miller kind of eased the Shoshone out into the current. Ahead of them lay a bone-jarring seven-day journey. And once they started, there's no turning back. Really? There's no turning back. So Hell's Canyon, the Grand Canyon of the Snake River, deeper than even the Grand Canyon. The Snake River churns and rumbles its way through rugged rock walls. Straight, Folks, if you see pictures, straight up and down almost. Yeah, it is. On, on each side. you. You'd have a heck of a time even trying to climb out of Hell's Canyon. Why would you even want to try? Yeah, I mean, it's... Anyways, so it's about 150 miles to the mouth of the Salmon River, and this is the stretch of water the captain and crew of the Shoshone would have to run before reaching Lewiston and much calmer water. Hmm. So... Where, do you, where would you get in to go up through Hell's Canyon? At Lewiston. At Lewiston. Yeah, you'd have to go. That's where I've heard that if you want to do a jet boat trip, you go to Lewiston, and then they take you to wherever, and you get in the boats and do that trip I up see. the river. I yeah. See. So now in order to watch for leakage in the boat, Buchanan had put lighted candles in the hold, Placing burning candles in the hold of a weathered boat in rough water wasn't customary procedure for obvious reasons. This is a dry. <laughs> I, I, I want, I'm okay. questioning his, his okay. sanity here. But he feared the water more than fire at this point. So they probably didn't burn very long anyway. Yeah. And so why he did, I'm not quite sure. Anyway, Miller thought he could keep control of the boat by drifting downstream with the engines running in reverse. So the paddle wheel is going backwards. All right. So this is a paddle wheel boat. Oh, yeah, it's boat. a paddle wheel boat. Yeah. Okay. How, how long is this it's, boat? Uh, let's see. I've got it here somewhere. I, th- I think we'll get to it. Okay. Um Anyway, so he had it reverse. Um, he hoped that would build up pressure on the rudders and help him steer the boat uh, through the fast water ahead. 
Now, almost before this started, Miller misjudged an eddy above a place called Copper Lakes Falls, and the Shoshone was caught up in the water and spun completely around three or four times before she shot clear. Then the creaking sternwheeler and her little crew moved out into the really bad water. Oh, really? So so oh, far, it's been easy going. Oh, yeah. Easy times. <laughs> yep, I can see that. So at the first dip of the falls, the paddle wheel rose completely out of the water and spun in the air. Oh, my goodness. You know, can you see that? It's, yeah, you know, like the Titanic like going that. down. Yeah. A moment later, it hit bottom, and the weathered part of the paddle snapped off. Uh-oh. The boat, out of control, hit some rocks that took off eight feet of her bow. Things are not looking good. Understandably, what was your first clue, Captain? <laughs> understandably, <laughs> Miller landed for repairs as soon as he was below the falls. The hole in the hull was safely above the waterline, but it took the crew a full day to fix that. Yeah, but wait a minute, the paddle wheel fell off. Well, but then they fixed that too. Part of the part of the paddle on the paddle wheel. <laughs> okay, on the third day, they pushed out into the water again and managed to get safely through the next rapids without too much problem. At lunchtime, they stopped again to rest and cut some timber along the riverbank for fuel before going on. They were really now into the canyon with the steep, rough walls, oh. you know, rising thousands of feet above them. And before the day was over... Uh, Water was starting to seep into the hold, so now they're they're in a bad way. Water seeping into the hold. How deep is the river? I don't know. Never, oh. never having been on it, but okay. you know, it's got to be. And how 10, wide 15. is it from shore to shore? Do you have I don't any know idea? that either. I'm going to guess hundred yards, maybe. Oh my! Just, just guessing. Okay. So anyway, Captain Miller's men prepared to fight the water all the way down the canyon. But it seems the land was out to get them to. While they were stopped to cut firewood on the 24th, a log rolled down on Miller. He was knocked unconscious and didn't come around until the next day. Oh, my goodness. Here's the captain, knocked out. He's out of Unconscious. Yeah. So they just kind of hung around for the next uh, day until he started coming out of it. On the sixth day out, the battered boat passed the mouth of the Salmon River, and the canyon was at last behind them. The Shoshone was much the worse for wear, with the big hole in her bow. Uh, planks sprung loose, and oh the makeshift paint patches on the paddle wheel, but she was still in one piece. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say it that way. I'd say many pieces many glued pieces together. glued together. <laughs> on the 27th, the Shoshone came through Wild Goose Rapids, and two hours later, she reached Lewiston and civilization and it was kind of a welcome sight this little crew must have been awfully tired you know they really couldn't stop for rest so this is kind of interesting miller and his men were uh, accorded kind of a hero's welcome at lewiston because they'd been given up for loss several days before oh my now it seems that there's a part of the boat that sticks out the front. It's called the jack staff, and it's kind of a long, pointy. Yeah, I've uh, seen that. Yeah, and th- that actually helps the captain when, uh, as he looks down that uh, kind of pointy uh, stick uh, to steer the boat. Oh, really? I yeah. wondered why they. Yeah, had so that. that's why they have that. Well, it seems that that had broken off uh, way up farther and had actually beaten the steamer down to Lewiston, and people saw that part of the boat, and they thought, well, they're dead. Yeah. The boat's, uh, you know, they're they're done. So, 
Anyway, now that she was down in suitable water, the Shoshone was really put to work for the first time in her life. She served as a cattle boat on the Columbia for a while. Then she was sold to the Willamette River Transportation Company. In order to get her to the upper reaches of the Willamette, the new owners took her out around the Oregon City Falls on skids. So he actually portaged around these falls. Well, after shooting the rapids of the Snake and running the falls at Sililo on the Columbia, in the fall of 1874, she hit a rock in quiet water and sank near Salem on the Willamette River. In January of the following year, the rising water lifted the hulk free and carried it downstream to Lincoln. As a final insult, her cabin was hacked off by a farmer and made into a chicken house. Oh, there ain't nothing worse than a good old ship (laughs) being made into a chicken house. And now one other steamer, the Norma, ran the snake out through Hell's Canyon, but the Norma had the example of the Shoshone and actually made the journey successfully. Really? Yeah. Do you have a picture of that thing? I... You know, I... I mean, you're talking about yeah, yeah, you're talking you're, about a boat that had been repaired, rebuilt, and remade how many times? Yeah, I was trying to find oh, the dimensions my. of the boat that I was... Uh, here's, a, here's a picture of the boat right there. It's kind of a... Let me see that once. Holy cow. I'll hold it up so everybody can see it at home on the yeah. camera. You know, that's a lot bigger than I thought it would be. Yeah, uh, I know I had the dimensions here somewhere. Wow. Okay. But, uh, it kind of resembles, in a way, an old Mississippi riverboat. Yeah, that's what it's yeah. patterned after. Yeah. Yeah. But I, like I said, wow. the dimensions in it. So it's 1873. Yeah. And now, as I recall, it was about 200 feet long and about 50 feet wide. Wow. As I recall. And it's been repaired every foot of it. <laughs> Yeah, not much. And, of and it. what part of this great big deal did the farmer take for a chicken house? Just the, the top, the like the really? wheelhouse. Really? Yeah. I'll be darned. Yeah. Oh my. But, now, are there any remnants of this today? No, it's he he hacked off the top, and the rest just basically deteriorated and, and sunk to the bottom. Yeah, nothing left of it. Holy yeah. cow! And they call it this headline on what you gave me a born loser. In navigation circles. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Now, you know, there's another story I told uh, back in, if you want to go back, folks, to August 9th of 2016, I talked about a boat called the Colonel Wright. Yeah, I remember that. And that one tried to go upriver, took him four and a half days to go like maybe 75 miles, and in the end, they gave up, and it took about four hours for it to float back down to Lewiston. Really? And that was actually the same company, the same guy that tried to build this boat. Uh, it was his company that uh, tried to do this one as Wouldn't well. Wouldn't you think somebody might get the memo that this isn't such a good idea? <laughs> well, like I say, Zeb, I'm gonna, uh, you and I need to do the uh, the jet boat ride. Oh, I would love to. And just uh, uh, My wife would love that. I've seen pictures of it. My wife would stay back at the bank, and she would take pictures as we left. And hopefully as we came back. I don't like that word, hopefully. <laughs> but well, let's do that. Oh, yeah. And, and what we ought to do is take a big tape recorder with us yeah, and, and do the program it. while we're sinking. I, I, I think all you would hear is screams. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and throw me a life jacket. There you throw go. Throw me a life jacket. Hey, God bless you. Dr. History. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? 
That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.